Hey, everybody. I have with me a special guest, Patrick Comer. He's been a dear friend of mine since I started in the industry. Well, not technically in 1996, but right around 2000. That's right. Uh, working at OTX. And we've sort of been like, I would say brothers, kind of growing up in the- Brothers in, in arms in from arms. the beginning. Right. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. So I remember when he started Lucid, uh, Fulcrum, I think, is that right? It was Federated, federated Sample. Federated, Because I'm really right. good federated at branding. Sample. Yeah, right. Well, uh, Lucid certainly nailed it. Yeah, much better. Um, yeah, much better. And also, the the godfather of SampleCon, where we are blessed to be today. Welcome to the show, sir. I'm super thrilled to be here. I've never done a podcast in front of everyone else, so it's like <laughs> slightly awkward, but you can hear all the background noise about awesome <laughs> things are going. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is a packed house. Yes, it is. A lot of energy. You know, I've done quite a few interviews so far. Everybody's like so thankful that we have the opportunity to be able to um, get together. So seriously, thank you for starting this. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's wild to see it so energetic and passionate after you're out of the situation, right? Yeah. And I remember telling Rachel early on that we'll know SampleCon is successful when I'm no longer involved. And to see such a strong board, to see such strong and passionate sponsors, and to really see the entire industry all together here mm. is worth that risk. Because you can imagine how they get you're like, is that really the right choice? Are you supposed totally. to let go? Are you supposed to let everyone else run the baby? Right. And the desire was that it would be a neutral ground, territory for all, that we could have a real conversation. And sometimes you have to realize the only way to make that happen is to get out. And so what's also incredible is that Rachel and the board have taken it to a, a level that we never would have, it was just lucid. So I didn't understand that it would expand even far greater than I ever imagined by letting it go. It's been three years since you haven't run it, but there's That's only right. been two sessions That's right. <laughs> or two instances you haven't. Yeah. What is it like for you attending and not being like, you know, in charge of it? Oh, so much better. So it's less stress to not actually. <laughs> it's like much better to be the attendee than to run it. Just ask anyone who's run a conference before. <laughs> right. right? Um, but you have to let or I have to let the agenda, the primary reasons that we're here be in everyone else's hands. It's no longer my story or the things that I think are important are the things that are important. Literally, it's us, not just what I'm coming up with. So SampleCon is this, there's not another space inside of the market research space that's as competitive as SampleCon. Oh, it's super competitive. Right? I mean, because or the sample providers, yes, right? And, yes. and, and so you could even, you look at all of the, like the Insights Association or Greenbook or, all, you know, the technology platforms or the... Um, Full-service agencies, they're all very competitive, but they, they're not at the same level as Sample. And that's because in a lot of ways, Sample has been framed, and I believe incorrectly so, as a commodity inside of, but we're talking about humans that are completing research, right? So this is like the raw materials that go into what it is that we do. Are you seeing a change in culture of more collaboration? What, what I'm seeing is a acknowledgement that the collaboration needs to evolve. So we always used to say in the spirit of SampleCon, which is you get the competitors and partners because as we all know, everyone's buying and selling from each other anyway. So as much as we're competitors, we're also partners. And so giving us a place to have that conversation and to do the deals as well, to bring people up to speed, where the evolution going on collaboration now is that the industry has to now do certain things in order for us to move the ball forward. And what I mean by that is there's a big conversation around standards that some of the things that are holding us back are the fact that we don't have common libraries for profiling, as an example. Yeah, right? like gender. Everything from gender to everything else. And now people are starting to say, we need to actually, as a group, 
go through that process. Which is a super unsexy, boring process called standards making, but it's one of those things that can accelerate growth. And so as programmatics become the norm, not the exception, those things that will trigger more growth are starting to become forefront in people's minds and they require a different level of coordination and collaboration than we've needed in the past. Because in the past, we need to create the space to have the conversation. And now we need to create the space for the actual collaboration to move the ball to forward. To exit it, execute to, it. That's right, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Triple S did that in some ways with them creating kind of the market research version of XML, which is now an outmoded yeah. like framework with JSON and, and others. So, I mean, I. I couldn't agree with you more. Like, it's ridiculous that we have to ask the same participant their specifics, their demographic questions. Over and over again. That we knew at the beginning, right? That we knew at the beginning. You and I talked about this. I don't know if you remember, but like literally a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, this, this has been a passion play of mine for a yeah. while because yeah. I've seen it hold us back. Yeah, right? for sure. Uh, but I think the industry dynamics are such that the buy side of the equation, those who create and manage surveys are starting to have to think about how to make them more efficient, how to remove friction, how to make them shorter, how to make them better user experience. Asking and respondent questions again is a bad user experience, adds time and adds friction. And so those companies that are willing to accept that change are gonna see more sample, better data quality of the rest. Those who refuse and keep asking the same questions over again are start seeing challenges. What percentage approximately of sample completes do you think are happening on exchanges? I would say probably at the U.S. Uh -huh. somewhere around well, we focus like on the US? twenty-five percent of those. So I would have thought it'd been higher. Well, I thought it would have been fifty percent. Well, as you know, when you talk about framing the industry, yeah, what's the TAM? How big is it? Yeah, right. It depends on what you mean by a complete. Okay, that's fair. Right. I meant by third-party sample. Um, I'd still say maybe if we were just talking about bought and sold sample in the U.S., maybe up to 40%, okay. right? Yep. Uh, the reality is there's a lot of data collection that's still not on the exchanges. Uh -huh. As an example, um, a lot of the B2B is on exchange. The healthcare side is not on exchanges yet. Got it. Um, there are other players like how much of the qualitative goes through exchanges yet, None. Right? And so literally there are huge sections of the data collection uh, process that are not on marketplaces because they don't yet support the specific needs. Right. Right. It went, we went consumer first because it was the largest volume and it was from our standpoint, the simplest to execute to totally. get, the, get the supply and demand going. There's an ongoing conversation about adding the other elements, but I don't think we've even scratched the real surface on all the work just on the consumer side. hundred percent. Yeah. Smart to stay focused. It's hard to stay focused. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. There are a lot of shiny objects out there. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. But when we know one of the things that we've learned from uh, Jeff Bezos is that if you need to nail what you've got, books, and then you expand, right? right. And I think you, you will see a lot more of the volume happening on exchanges. Mm. But at the same time, there's a huge amount of volume happening directly with suppliers, yeah. directly with buyers, as everyone experiments, especially in this dynamic of a supply constraint, everyone's testing everything. For example, we've seen our fastest growth of users ever right now. Really? Among existing and new customers. What's driving that? Yes, the amazing training and support by customer success at Lucid, but also everyone's testing everything because everyone needs more supply. Interesting. So they test all the DIY platforms. They call everyone. If you don't have enough sample, you got to figure it out because you can't make revenue if you're not actually delivering the project. Wow, super interesting, interesting times. Well, I really appreciate you coming and talking with me on the show today. You have a podcast. I do, I do have a podcast. And what is amazing about having a podcast, which we call Through Your Looking Glass, is that every now and then the best possible guest will show up. <laughs> 
<laughs> and today we were just, um, I could not believe that Mr. Jamin Brazil himself graced us it's with his illustrious presence. Yeah. <laughs> but we do video. So it's, you, you do. You if, you were, it. if you were to watch this podcast, you actually yeah. see him in a jacket, which is a sight to see in and of itself. So. It's very fancy. <laughs> Listen, um, what I'd like to do is, and we can cut this part out of the podcast if you think it's a bad idea, but what I'd like to do is take one of your episodes and put them on uh, Happy, like yeah. the whole episode. Um, that way the listeners can get a flavor of what it is. I think that'd be great. Yeah. I'll tell Mindy. He, he loves showing off his podcast he did with us. Perfect. The reason I, I'm kind of facetious, but it was, it was a special moment. There was a, a, a lull between pandemic rises where yeah. in November where Mindy said yes to fly out to New Orleans and do this podcast live in our offices. Wow. And it was a special relationship, friendship, just moment. And it was in the height of a lot of craziness. Right. And I say that's a special podcast for me because of the of how poignant it was uh, uh, yeah. for both Mindy and I and a lot of people who were able to watch it. So well, anyway, that'd be good. good. That'd be great. Patrick, thanks for joining me. All right, Jamie.